Well, I know that, uh, that we had announced that uh, the gentleman leading our discipleship training this weekend was going to be with us to preach this morning, but uh, even though he did come in for the training Friday and Saturday, uh, his mother unexpectedly passed away Thursday night, and so he had to head back home uh, uh, Saturday afternoon after the training, and so what that means for you is, unfortunately, you don't get a break. You get me again, I'm sorry for that, but um, that's just the way it is, so you'll just have to get over it, I guess. If you've got a copy of God's Word with you this morning, would you open it up to the book of Romans? We're going we're gonna to jump off, and we're, we're going to return to the Gospel of Luke next week. We've been kind of making our way through the Gospel of Luke, spend some time dealing with this subject of discipleship and what it means for us to pour our lives into other people so that as we are growing to be more like Jesus, we are helping others grow to be more like Jesus as well. And so we took that little break. We're going to return to the Gospel of Luke chapter 10, Lord willing, next Sunday. Uh, uh, barring anything happening, we'll be back there. But this morning, I'm going to take us to Romans chapter 8 to kind of uh, round out the discipleship uh, focus that we've been having and to look at what God does for us and what God does in us. Now, when you think of the book of Romans, it is a theological masterpiece. It's a literary masterpiece, quite honestly. Quite honestly. And I would, I would compare the book of Romans to the Mount Everest of spiritual experience. It is the highest of the high when we come to theological understanding. When we come to Romans chapter 8, we are standing on the pinnacle, the peak of Mount Everest. This is, this is for me the centerpiece of, of Christianity. It is the centerpiece of Scripture for us. Romans chapter 8 is the height of everything that we could want to know about God and who He is and what He's done in our lives as believers. So we're going to look at Romans chapter 8 and I want to read for you this morning the first four verses out of Romans chapter 8, and we're going to spend some time talking about what these verses mean and what God has done in us, what He has done for us, and what He does through us in our lives. Romans chapter 8, let's look at verse 1. Paul writes these amazing words. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, which was weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, you could take the entire weight of the Bible and you could balance it all right here on Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When you read the entirety of Romans chapter 8, and can I just encourage you to do that? 
Maybe when you get home this afternoon, maybe before your nap or maybe after you're rested from your nap, wake up and read through Romans chapter 8. Just open it up and begin in verse 1 and go all the way down to verse 39 and, and just grasp the magnitude of God's grace, of God's mercy, of God's character for us. And when you read this chapter, like I hope you'll do this afternoon, you can really divide the chapter up into three parts. You can take the whole of Romans chapter 8 and you can divide it up into three parts. It begins here in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In the beginning we are told that there is is a loss of condemnation against us. There is a loss of condemnation. And then, when you come down to the end of the chapter, we find out there that there is a lack of separation. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 38. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we're told in the beginning there is no condemnation. We're told at the end there is no separation because there is no condemnation we are brought close to God and we can never ever be separated from him and in between all of this in between no condemnation and no separation the Bible tells us that there is a life of liberation look at Romans chapter 8 verse 2 again for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. In Jesus we have freedom, we have liberation, we are no longer under condemnation, we no longer have to fear separation, we can now live a life of liberation. And this is the freedom that faith brings to us. The, the basic principle that is illustrated in this entire chapter is simply this, the law of sin has been canceled by the life of the Spirit within us. The law of sin, now let me ask a question, just don't, don't raise your hands, no need to embarrass me or anyone else. How many of you here have never sinned? You've never done anything wrong. You've never gotten angry when you shouldn't have. You've never said anything you shouldn't have said. You, you always treat your children perfectly, and we will ask your children if you say you do. None of us, right? Why? Because we live under the law of sin. We are sinners by nature. Why do bad things happen to good people? I don't know. I've never met a good person. I can't answer that question. All of us are sinners. But here's what God has done. That law of sin, which is against us in life, has been canceled by the life of the Spirit of God. That's what Paul is talking about here. And this chapter tells us about who we are and what we have in Christ. That's key. 
If you, if you write in your Bible, you underline, you circle things, anything like that, this, this verse 1 of Romans chapter 8 should be one of those verses that's highlighted, underlined, circled, whatever you do, because this is a pivotal verse. There is therefore now no condemnation. For who? For those who are in Christ Jesus. That word, that little preposition, in, is huge. Because what is happening here is, the Bible says to us that if we are in Jesus Christ, we are not under condemnation. Which means, just, just implicitly it means, that if we are not in Christ Jesus, we are under condemnation. So understand, first of all, in Jesus Christ, you have a sure pardon. Look at this in verse 1. Look at this. I, I can't read it enough to you because I want this to grab your heart. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is the New Testament Word of God in a nutshell given to us. And listen, if you want to know whether or not you are under condemnation, whether or not you are a condemned person, then just answer one simple question. Am I in Jesus? Am I a believer in Jesus? Am I a follower of Jesus? Have you ever been condemned before? Maybe, maybe it wasn't in, in a legal sense in that you committed a crime and you faced the punishment and the penalty for that crime. Maybe it wasn't anything like that. Maybe it was. But have you ever, have you ever felt condemned before? Maybe, maybe it was a relational condemnation that you had. Where someone put you down because of a belief, because of a practice. Maybe, maybe it was a parental condemnation. You just could never do enough to please mom and dad. You just felt like no matter what you did, they were always coming down on you. You felt condemned. Them. Maybe it was an academic condemnation. Maybe you just simply couldn't fulfill the requirements that were needed academically. We know what it's like emotionally to feel condemned, don't we? We've been condemned by someone in some way, somehow. You didn't do good enough in the ball game. You didn't do good enough at home. You didn't do good enough in school. Whatever it was, we know what it's like to feel condemnation. What Paul is talking about here in the book of Romans is spiritual condemnation. And he says this is a present pardon. There is therefore now, at this moment, present tense, right now, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. These little words are so powerful when you run across them in the Bible. You see the word therefore. There is therefore. Why does Paul say that? He wants to take our minds back to everything that he has said in the first seven chapters of this great book that he writes to the church at Rome. Let me just expand the challenge a little bit. When you get home this afternoon, do it after your nap or, or your mind's not going to be in it. Instead of just reading the entirety of chapter 8, why don't you just start at chapter 1 and just read through the end of chapter 8. Eight chapters. You know, it really won't take you that long. It, it probably won't take you 30, 45 minutes maybe to read through the first eight chapters of Romans. Here's what you're going to discover. 
This is why Paul says, therefore, he takes us back to what he has already said in these opening chapters. What has he said to us? Well, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he has told us about the gospel of salvation. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, he says, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul says, I am not ashamed of this gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of what Jesus Christ has done for us. He's come to this earth, and He has taken our sin upon Himself, and He has died the death that we deserve so that we can be free, so that we can be forgiven. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of salvation. Paul tells us about the guilt of the sinner. Romans 3, 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've already established that fact in our midst, haven't we? We all have sinned. We admit it. We know it. We know there are things we've done that we shouldn't have done. We know there are things we should have done that we didn't do. Paul says we're all sinners. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What he means by that is every single person on this earth is in the same boat. And that boat is named Titanic. It is sinking. It is going down. And all of us are in this boat together. I'm in the boat. You're in the boat. We are all in this boat. And this boat, it's the sin boat. And we desperately need to get out of this boat because it is a sinking ship. It is doomed for destruction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then in the very next verse, we're told about the grace of the Savior. Romans 3, 24, we are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Because of what Jesus has done in His death, in His burial, in His resurrection, our sin, our guilt, our condemnation have been removed from us when we repent and we trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. See, here's what Paul is leading up to with this. In these previous seven chapters of Romans, he is saying that when a person will admit his guilt and sin, when a person will then accept the gospel of salvation, when that person will appropriate and receive the grace of Jesus, he will be saved and no longer under that condemnation. There can be no condemnation to those who have been saved by Jesus Christ. The guilt and the sin are gone. It's replaced by life and hope and righteousness in Christ because there is a present pardon in which we live in Jesus. But beyond that, there is a permanent position as well. The Bible is emphatic. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 1 again. I want you to get this. Every word is important in this. It's so cool what we read here. There is therefore now a little bit of condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No. That is not what God says to us. What does He say? There is no condemnation. None at all. Now please understand, I I want you to understand this. When we are told that when we are in Jesus, there is no condemnation, the Bible doesn't say to us that there is no sin. The Bible doesn't say to us that there will be no failures. 
The Bible doesn't say to us that even if we are in Christ, there will be no faults. No, we are told there is no condemnation. In other words, those things are not held against us by God. We're redeemed. We're not put on parole. We're not put on probation. God dismisses the case. He cleans the file. He wipes the slate clean for us. There is no condemnation. Dr. John R. Rice, preacher of years ago, put it this way, no matter what a man's past may have been, in Jesus his future is spotless because there is no condemnation. No condemnation for those who are in Jesus. Friends, listen, there's a tremendous difference between condemnation and conviction. As a, as a person who is in Jesus, I will still face conviction of the Spirit of God in my life. So that when those sins and those failures and those faults are there, the Spirit of God in gracious love says to me, that's not the way a child of God should act. Repent of that. Turn from that. And trust the power of Jesus to help you overcome that. In Jesus, we have a sure pardon. Also, in Jesus, we have a secure position. Again, Romans 8, 1, in Christ Jesus. It is a principle that is found throughout the entirety of the Word of God. Our pardon is not based on our performance. Can you get that? Our pardon is not based on our performance. Our pardon is based upon our position in Jesus Christ. God does not forgive you and accept you based on what you do. God forgives you and accepts you based on who you belong to. Because see, in this world, in this world there are two classes of people. And there are only two classes of people. There are lost people, and there are saved people. There are those who are out of Christ, and those who are in Christ. And today, right now, this moment, you belong to one of those two classes. You are either lost, you are carrying around your guilt, your sin, you are living, you are a walking dead man under the death penalty of sin right now, and you are condemned at this moment. John 3.18 puts it this way, Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Who's the only Son of God? Jesus. You've not believed in Jesus. And so the the fact of the matter is, if you've not believed in Jesus, you are at this moment under condemnation. You're either lost or you are saved. In that salvation, there is forgiveness, there is life, there is hope, there is no condemnation. Such a beautiful picture of this back in the Old Testament of all places. In Zechariah chapter 3, beautiful picture of the redemptive work of God. We read there in verse 1, Then he showed me, this is Zechariah giving this vision that the Lord gave him, he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan, the devil, standing at his right hand to accuse him. 
And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was standing before the angel clothed in filthy garments, representing his sinfulness. Remember, the Bible tells us that all of our righteousness is like filthy rags. And so here you see this in dramatic portrayal, Joshua clothed with filthy garments. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, remove the filthy garments from him. God takes the sin away from him, but he doesn't stop there. He goes on, and to him he said, Behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you, and I will clothe you with pure vestments. That's what God does for us. He takes our sin away from us, and he places instead the righteousness of Jesus Christ upon us so that he can say, You are no longer condemned. To which group this morning do you belong? You see, the the only way to move from being lost to being saved is by the grace of God through faith. Jesus has taken your place in his death. He has received your sin, your guilt, your condemnation. And since Jesus has been condemned on your behalf, when you trust in him, you can't be condemned. When Jesus takes your condemnation... He gives you his righteousness, his purity, his life. Just like we sang a moment ago, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not just a part of it, but all of it. My sin, not in part, but the whole. It's been nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Do you get that? Your sin, if you are in Jesus, has been removed. It is not yours any longer. In Christ, I cannot be condemned because he's already paid the price. But then finally, in Christ, we have a supernatural power. Look look at verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. We, we know that in our physical world, the physical world operates according to physical laws, doesn't it? We, we know those. Second law of thermodynamics, things are slowing down. Law of gravity, you drop something and it falls. Well, the spiritual law also operates in the same way, but according to spiritual laws. And there are two primary laws in the spirit realm. There are two primary spiritual laws that the Bible talks about here in Romans chapter 8, verse 2. There is, first of all, the law of sin and death. That's what he talks about, the last part of that verse. The law of sin and death. What does that mean? It means this. Go back again to the Old Testament, Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20. The soul who sins shall die. Bring it into the New Testament, Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death, the spiritual law. As sinners, we deserve death. But there is another law at work in verse 2, and it is the law of the spirit of life. It's a higher law. This is a higher law than the law of sin and death. All laws are valid, but they're not all equal. For instance, if, if I take this pencil here, 
and, and, I, and I drop that pencil, the law of gravity takes over, doesn't it? Drops it to the ground. However, when I take that and put it in my hand, I overcome the law of gravity by the law of physical life in my arm, and I can lift that pencil up. So there is a law that is at work with me lifting this pencil up. The law of gravity pulls it down, but if I grab it and I hold on to it, the law of physical life in my arm overcomes the law of gravity. Now, that doesn't mean that the law of gravity has ceased to operate because if, if as I'm lifting it up, I let go, it drops again. So we see that happening. So that doesn't mean that the original law ceases to operate. It just means that a higher law has come into force. And this is what Paul is talking about here. There's the law of sin and death, and there's the law of the spirit of life. Spiritually, there is a law of sin and death that if it is left to itself, would drag us inevitably to hell and separation. But there's a higher law the law of the spirit of life in Jesus that sets us free from that lesser law. And friends, listen, this freedom does not come about through you obeying laws, through you being good, through you doing right. This law comes about, the law of the spirit of life, when you are in Christ Jesus, when you, through repentance and trust in Jesus, receive the forgiveness that he offers. The laws, the rules, they show you what perfection looks like. But the laws and the rules can't make you perfect. You know why? Because you're not going to keep them. I'm not, I'm not being mean to you. I'm not going to keep them either. We're incapable of keeping them. The only thing that these laws and these rules can do is condemn us because we are not perfect. So the point of this entire passage is this. You are either in the Lord or you are under the law. There's a huge difference between the two. In the Lord, there is freedom. Under the law, there is failure. In the Lord, there is deliverance. Under the law, there is doom. In the Lord, there is liberation. Under the law, there is condemnation. In the Lord, there is blessing. Under the law, there is bondage. In the Lord, you are accepted. Under the law, you are rejected. And some of you, right now, in this place, this moment, you are still in the chains of condemnation as we speak. At this moment, you are under the condemnation of this righteous and holy God. And you keep trying to deal with your chains. Let me try this self-help approach. Let me try this new activity. Let me try this new endeavor. And you keep trying to deal with the chains of your guilt and your sin and your condemnation, and yet you can't. You can't. The more you struggle with them, the tighter they get. You need someone else to deal with those chains. And friends, I'm going to tell you, that person is not me. I can't deal with your chains. Your parents can't deal with your chains. Your children can't deal with your chains. Your spouse can't deal with your chains. Your friends cannot deal with your chains. Your boss can't deal with your chains. Your teacher can't deal with your chains. Nobody can deal with your chains except Jesus Christ. He's the only one who breaks the power of canceled sin in your life. And when you come to him, he breaks those chains of sin and death. And he gives you life. 
and liberation and joy and peace. The question becomes today for all of us, do you know Jesus? Do you, do you know the one who releases us from condemnation? Do you know the sin breaker in your life personally? See, we've laid, we've laid the, the groundwork here and the foundation for you to understand that apart from Jesus, you are under condemnation in your sin. But if you will trust in Jesus today and just cry out to him and say, Jesus, I am tired of this. I live in this condemnation and I need freedom, I need forgiveness, I need life. If you call upon him in faith and you repent, you turn away from that sin and you place your faith and your trust in him, the Bible gives the sure promise that he will save you. Do you know him today? Are you living under condemnation or are you living in Jesus Christ? How do you answer that question this morning? Would you pray with me, please? Father, we are grateful to you for the life that you give in Jesus. That we are able to reach up to the heights and lay hold of this precious promise of your word that because of Jesus and what he has done, there's no condemnation when we are in him. Father, I pray today for those who are in this place that cannot say they are in Christ. Those who have never trusted in Jesus, those who have never acknowledged who He is and their need for Him. Father, I pray today for their souls. I pray would you please just touch their hearts, and, and remove any obstacle that has stood in the way of them knowing Jesus. And show them your goodness. Show them your grace. Father, I pray for those of us who are in Christ, that we would not be content with our simply being in Christ, but that we would be intent in sharing with others the precious message of Jesus. For we ask this in his name.